0: Again, that's ebaymotors.com. What's up you guys? Sean Ross Sap. Welcome to Fightful. It is July 17th, 2023. Denise Salcedo is in Atlanta. I will be headed to Atlanta in the morning. Uh, We we will be attending and doing a red carpet for the Cody Rhodes premiere that is happening at an undisclosed location tomorrow. Uh, But yeah, we're going to get a look at that. We'll have a lot of details uh, for you on that uh, after it, during it, all kinds of stuff there. So uh, make sure to keep an eye on my social media, on Denise's social media. We'll be doing, I think, I believe, some red carpet interviews as well. So lots of stuff there. But Denise actually got there right before Raw. Didn't go to to Raw. I'm headed there tomorrow. WWE Raw in Atlanta tonight, and uh, drew a really, really good crowd. If you're here, leave a thumbs up, subscribe. We are headed towards 100,000 subscribers, less than uh, 2,400 away. I really want to get there. By my birthday, August 30th. We're going to have some changes in store uh, once we hit that 100K. If you uh, are a subscriber to Fightful, you might have seen a lot of our new shorts that we've been doing. I had one today that just dropped a new series, Real Fights in Pro Wrestling. We've had uh, clips from events that we've attended as media. We've got a lot of shorts based on some of the talking points, a lot of shorts from our interviews. Of course, there's also YouTube.com slash Fightful Scraps for that. But hey, while you're here, Slap that thumbs up, subscribe, tap the bell for notifications. Get your super chats and humper chats in. That's how you get your question or statement read on the air. That crafts the discussion of this show. It lets me know what you guys want to talk about more than anything. So uh, get those in. And if this just wasn't enough for you, if you're like, by God, I want more q and I want more of it. Well, Grapsity had to move theirs from last week to this week but you will get Ask Grapsity on Fightful Select this Thursday. Also, I do a Q&A on FightfulSelect.com every single week. I'll brag about FightfulSelect.com a little bit later on. I want to thank you guys for uh, joining me. I want to thank Luis, our moderator, for being here as well. Adrian sent us a very nice super chat to get us kicked off. This guy is just always so generous and friendly to us, so I want to thank him big time for that. Jonathan Corona says, I like the WWE SummerSlam graphic. They look fire. They do look good. I like the Detroit theme. Uh, we'll be there for that, too, for Fightful and FightfulSelect.com here in a couple weeks. Very, very excited to cover that. But there was a lot to like about this episode of Raw, and there's some stuff that that I, I'm feeling a little nitpicky about, feeling a little whiny about. So let's go ahead and get into it. Let's talk about the opening of this show. Cody Rhodes comes out, gets that hometown welcome. I really thought that we would see more of him throughout the show. But man, this is a a true indication of Brock wanting to get the hell out of there. Yeah, you got Cody coming out and he talks about where he grew up and everybody knows about Dusty and all that. But uh, he, he points out his mother in the crowd and she gets a great ovation, which is really, really nice. Uh, I I love that she was shown some love. I believe she'll be there for the premiere tomorrow as well, which was announced today. And I believe this documentary is like two hours long based on the information that we got. So this is going to be a hefty one. This is going to be a really, really hefty documentary. Cody Rhodes says, you know what? Brock might show up now, but probably not. Maybe he'll show up at nine. Maybe he'll show up at 10. Maybe he'll show up at the end. I know he's going to be here, but, who the hell knows when he'll actually be here? And he's like, I'm just going to hang out here until he does show up. Crowd loves that. Of course they do. The Atlanta crowd. Cody is how long before we start seeing neck tattoos from fans? I hope to God, it doesn't happen. It was pretty wild when Cody let it happen to himself. But I think that sooner or later, it's probably going to end up happening. Oof. brother. But he is uh, just miraculously over this guy. Just insanely over Anybody that questioned, oh, is it going to be sustainable? Is it going to work with Cody Rhodes? Yeah, and it ain't stopping anytime soon. Now, I want to point something out. Before Vince McMahon got back in the fold, you did not see nearly the level of rematches that you're seeing now. Not nearly the level of rematches. I'm talking like right now, actively in programs that are going on you're seeing about as many as you saw between like August and January, February-ish. And I had some people that whenever I pointed this out, they would say, oh, that's not true. Uh, Lashley and Austin Theory. Lashley and Austin Theory. Well, I'm going to take you guys back. Lashley and Austin Theory, their singles matches were Money in the Bank and SummerSlam. Then they didn't have another singles match till January. They didn't have another singles match until after Vince McMahon was back in the fold. They were involved in some matches together, but they were a little more varied up. On this show alone, you had a build to Cody Rhodes, Brock Lesnar three. You had Gunther versus Riddle, a completely unnecessary match, completely unnecessary. You had Viking Raiders Alpha Academy, that match slapped. We'll talk about that, of course. Another rematch. Reed and Nakamura. Okay. You're setting up Becky versus Zoe, so you've got uh, Finn versus Seth is being set up as well all over the show now there are some times when it's necessary when it's okay for the feud to 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 do that but it is a lot more heavy handed k e seven seven five says finn versus Seth again kind of meh i'll I'll get to in these individual aspects where I feel like these rematches do and don't make sense now of course there are certain situations where you got to have that for a feud and, and it works but there are some of these that just don't make a lick of sense lesnar and cody make sense the rubber match right I, I see it two premium top of the line stars all right do i think that it necessarily needed to go this way probably not but annie b says while the bloodline or the catalyst shouldn't cody also get credited as second, the second biggest star in wrestling?" Raw seen a big uptick in metrics. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I look at that and I say that Cody and Rollins and and probably uh, Becky are are really leading that charge on Raw. But man, it's it's hard to not see the gigantic increase in numbers since Cody returned. And as a result, man, the bloodline is is killing it on SmackDown as well. Like there is no denying right now that as far as attendance goes, WWE is in another boom period. Cody Rhodes got that ass beat, by the way. Got that ass beat. And uh, Brock Lesnar did accept his challenge. Cody Rhodes' mom out there looking like me, watching the Cincinnati Reds dwindle in the NL Central. Look at that. You hate to see it. You hate to see it. Also, they misspelled Cody's name on the graphic that said Cody Rhodes' mom. You can look that up if, if you so choose. Jonathan Corona says, I'd love to see a returning heel. Randy versus Cody. They have another storytelling from legacy. Yeah. Um, I think that I think that Randy, if he comes back and I say, if, because doctors don't want him to come back, he had a spinal fusion in his back. And I don't know. if I can't think of another person in wrestling that had one of those and came back. I'm not talking about up here. I'm talking about lower down. And with his finisher, woof, man, that, that'd be tough. But because he's been out for over a year, there's so many programs for Randy that are there. Of course, there's Riddle. <clears throat> Roman Reigns is definitely an interesting one. Cody is an interesting one. There are at least three programs, so you got at least a year worth of content out of him. Even Maybe you revisit uh, RK Bro in, in a, a team aspect as well yeah Jonathan Corona says if WWE keeps selling out shows I'd like to see a small stage like the one from pay-per-view so they can have more rooms more room and more fans just saying well I mean even though they're selling out shows they still scale a lot of these venues like if they come to rep arena they aren't setting up for the 15 to 20,000 that they could they're still scaling this for for smaller smaller setups But, I mean, still, they weren't selling those out last year the year before. Like, it just wasn't happening. Even as fans were like, hell yeah, uh, let's come back after after the COVID restrictions. It still wasn't happening. Really like this setup for Cody Rhodes and Brock Lesnar. I'll tell you what I didn't like. Gunther and Riddle. I didn't like their match at Money in the Bank. Didn't like their match here. And it's not because they weren't good matches. It's because I've seen their matches outside of WWE, and they were way better. And I... I don't have a great appetite for seven-minute matches between Gunther and Riddle. I want something a little more, uh, four or five more minutes. I would like 10 more minutes, honestly. If it's going to be an IC title match, let them beat the brakes off of each other, man. Why why did I need to see them do the exact same match that they did in London? Like, seven minutes long. I didn't need to see that. Gunther could have beat somebody else up. I don't think this was any substantial... Uh, storyline progression or anything of that nature. It was just a rehash of what we saw a couple weeks ago. And I love both of these performers. I love all the members of Imperium. You had Gunther calling out uh, Drew McIntyre, who established that he would not be there after this match. I'm pumped for that. But listen, I will complain loudly on the World Wide Web if Drew McIntyre causes Gunther to not break the Honky Tonk Man's record. All I want to see in my life Is Honky Tonk Man to show up in Memphis before the record gets broken and get chopped into dust? That's all I ask. And I don't think that's asking too much, right? I don't think that I'm asking a whole lot just to see Honky Tonk Man take one big to the chest. I just want to see one and then poof, he evaporates and he's never seen again. That's all I want. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's betterhelp.com slash Fightful. That's it. Sheldon Jackson says tonight's Raw was pretty good, I'd say. TK made my night by announcing the ROH four-way tag title match just now. Lucha Brothers versus the Kingdom versus Best Friends versus a returning Aussie Open. LFG. How about this? In the spirit of uh, this, I will... Uh, reveal a forbidden door match that was supposed to happen and wasn't gonna and didn't end up happening uh, with one of these teams. But yes, yeah, Sheldon, I I rather enjoyed WWE Raw tonight, and and it does make me enjoy it a lot more when there is a hot crowd, when the crowd is there, when there are asses in seats, business is better, everything's looking good. It feels like a hot product right now, even if even if there are a few things on the show I don't like. It's a three hour show, man. I'm not gonna like everything. Uh, most people won't either, but that, that is a slapper of an ROH match. That is the spirit of ROH. I'll tell you what made me fall back in love with ROH after I discovered it in, in the mid-2000s was the early to mid-2010s tag team division that had like the Briscoes and World's Greatest Tag Team and the Kings of Wrestling and All Night Express. This harkens back to that for me, so I'm, I'm very, very happy to see that. Liv Morgan, Raquel Rodriguez are backstage, and they said they're not afraid of anybody, not Casey and Caden, not Chelsea and Sonia. And then Rhea shows up, and she goes, yeah, what about me? And whips that ass. She starts to just throw at everybody. I love that. Rhea ain't scared of anybody, man. And why would she? Why should she be? She shouldn't be scared of anybody. She's Rhea Ripley. (laughs) She's one of the most dominating, uh, intimidating figures in, in wrestling history she shouldn't be afraid of anybody so this leads to Raquel having a knee injury and the doctor is backstage and clears her but says I mean technically you're cleared but I'd really like to get some more scans and Raquel says no because the last time that happened you guys thought Liv was going to be out a lot longer than she was and we got the tag titles taken from us I love that they played that in because they weren't expecting Liv back until like the end of August originally. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, she's good. Cool. So they go ahead and do the match. Chelsea Green and Sonia Deville defeat Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez. KE775 uh, says, do you think Sonia and Chelsea are the long-term champions to bring stability to the women's tag team division? Uh, i think that chelsea and sonia could bring stability to the uh to the to the tag division but as of now those titles have been hot potatoed quite a bit uh i am just glad to see sonia booked in a spot where i, I mean up until a couple of weeks ago she was booked as a joke and there's nothing wrong with that because that fit chelsea green's character especially but we didn't see a lot of consistency out of her. Like she was getting these title matches after losing like six, seven straight matches, and all that. Now, it's this. These titles have been in flux an awful lot. Like you had Becky and Lita win them. They barely defended them. They lost them. The titles got vacated. Rhonda and Shayna won. They held them for about a month. Raquel and Liv won them back. Held them for a couple of weeks. I'm okay with hot potatoing titles. I don't think that that that's necessarily something where you have to have a super super long reign to be established. It's it's more the activity, the activity within the reign. Like for example, I look at an Orange Cassidy title reign and I go, okay, he's defending that title an awful lot. But I'm I'm just I'm very happy. I mean, I, I don't think that anybody that watches Fightful will be shocked to learn that. Uh, I'm very, very happy for Chelsea. I got a, got a message from her the day after her WWE release, and she goes, let's do an interview. And I said, hell yeah, let's do it. And I heard, about, I heard about and saw her ridiculed for the fact that she pitched a lot of different things. Well, you know what she did before she pitched all those things in one meeting, mind you? She sat outside of Vince's office for hours, weeks in a row before she got in there. And then when she got in there, She just pitched, 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 pitched. She threw everything at the wall, and finally they landed on something and said, yep. When she got called up, she guessed Paul Heyman's email address and said, I would like an opportunity on the main roster. I think you can use me. This is how I can help you. When Triple H came back, she texted him and said, I want my job back. This woman went out and got her opportunities, and this is what I'll tell anybody. For the for the most part, nobody's coming to get you. Sometimes you got to bang doors down, and that's what she did. Uh, I thought the match was pretty solid. They they worked it around the knee injury, and I thought that was good too because Chelsea and Sonia beating Raquel and and Liv with the knee injury and with the you know the looming prospect of Rhea showing up, I think goes an awful long way. Because listen, Raquel got softened up. You got to do that, especially if you're building towards what they're building towards. Bizarro Big L said tonight felt like a replay of old stuff. Announced new matches, but too predictable. All safe. Sean, you predicted the Rhea spot, but the women's tag change felt like a repeat of the Iconics win. Brock spot felt cheap. How much adversity does Cody need? Yeah, there are definitely certain spots that you look at here and you go, mm, okay. This little Cena ish, but. Cody's pretty likable regardless. But, uh, hey, by the way, this match that that we just talked about, Chelsea Green, Sonya Deville, I mentioned Brock and Cody setting up for a rematch. Chelsea Green, Sonya Deville versus Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez. It happened in April. It also happened in February. Happened here again in July. Now, there's some distance put between those, so we'll lay off a little bit, but what we won't lay off on is Finn and Seth. And KE775 says... Finn and Seth again, kind of meh. I agree. Uh, I did not see a big necessity to have Finn Balor versus Seth Rollins again. I liked the segment backstage where Finn Balor attacked him and all that, but like, are we to believe that Finn Balor deserves some sort of big like title match because of because Damian Priest? Was out at ringside. No. No. And to be fair, like Finn Balor did lose the tournament semifinal to Seth Rollins, which again, they ran that back. So this is the third time, basically three straight months they're doing it. He beat Nakamura, beat Carmelo Hayes in between then, but he ain't wrestled on TV since Money in the Bank. And they're just running it back. I I don't see a, a reason for that. I like all the ingredients involved, but give me a reason. Steppy says, SummerSlam is just rematch a mania. Roman, Jay, Finn, Seth, Cody, Brock, Bex, Trish, 2023 PLE has been great, but the top of this card doesn't instill any faith in me. Please walk me off the ledge, gang. I have ticks and I'm so bummed for the big matches to be rematches. Roman and Jay, I don't look at as like, oh, well, they're doing that one again. No, I mean, this is the culmination of their story. Becky and Trish, yes. Cody Brock, yes. Seth Finn, yeah. I can't talk you off the ledge there. I can't. Uh, I I agree with you. I think that a lot of these are matches that WWE are like, yeah, yeah, you want these, don't you? You want these, don't you? It's like, well, yeah, the first time in a while, but not everything has to be done two or three times. I know people say, well, haven't you ever heard of a feud, buddy? Haven't you ever heard of a feud? Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, but it doesn't always have to be like this. There are plenty of feuds that where people don't even touch, and then they have one match, and that's it for a while, and you can go back to it. Reminder, guys, leave a thumbs up on this video. We would greatly appreciate that. Subscribe. Get your super chats. Get your humper chats in. That lets me know what you guys want to talk about. Jonathan Corona said, Sean, if Vince ever went to your house and asked you to join WWE, like you went to Cody's house, would you ever do it? I know this would never happen, but I'm saying, for example, Uh, no, if Vince McMahon came to my house, I'd tell him to get the fuck out. I would absolutely never work for Vince McMahon in any capacity. I've got no desire to do that. And I want to say that uh, we broke a story on FightfulSelect.com this past Saturday. I greatly respect that Eric Young said i ain't working for that guy not after what i know that he did and not not because and he didn't have faith in his creative either i've got an incredible amount of respect in eric young uh, for that and already had a ton of respect for him but i will never fault anybody in that situation and a lot of people are like well why didn't others stand up like i i get why some people would say that but also there are people with families to feed and that are trying to protect their own uh lives but i certainly respect somebody that did that speaking of eric young Speaking of FightfulSelect.com, FightfulSelect.com today broke news of what Bray Wyatt's plans were after WrestleMania before he was sidelined. And they included a new sort of Wyatt family, and Eric Young was going to be in it. In addition to that, uh, FightfulSelect.com over the past few days uh, reported that Ian Riccoboni signed a multi-year deal with AEW. Uh, that uh, Yatami Yatami was at the AEW tapings. We had an update on Steve Macklin. We've got news coming this week on the AEW Collision Talent Meeting. Uh, Some more contract news in AEW. More on Brian Pillman Jr. and WWE. Last week, we had the big news of the AEW banned moves list. I did a free stream here on YouTube.com slash Fightful. We had pretty deadly talking about their least favorite things about the U.S., we had a ton of news on FightfulSelect.com, WBD being in favor of an expanded AEW pay-per-view schedule, more on their extension talks as well, uh, news on the argument that happened last week after WWE Raw, and then a ton of other news. If you're not subscribed to FightfulSelect.com, I encourage you, try it out. Just five bucks a month. Uh, if you're worried about signing up in the middle of the month because what they used to do is bill on the first of every month, that's long gone. We've got anniversary billing now. You subscribe today, you're billed on the same day every single month. Check that out. In addition, 40-plus podcasts a month, which include my Q&As, include post shows with me and Jimmy, include uh, Alex, Alex's Sour Graps. It includes Grapsity episodes as well. Check it out, FightfulSelect.com promise you guys, you're going to love it if you just check it out one time. Rock Hard Joel Wood says, In your opinion, this is a percentage question. What percentage of WWE is Vince's vision, and which is uh, Triple H's vision, and a shared vision? I would say, uh, Dylan Dutch, by the way, if you paid for a chat Wednesday that never got read, uh, let Luis know right now what it was and I'll read it says uh I would say 50% Vince 30% Triple H 20% shared that's how I'd say Viking rules match now again Here we are with a rematch. They're like five or six deep, but at least they varied it up. Like you have Maxine involved here and there. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes it's a singles match. I thought this was an appropriate culmination of their feud. I'm good with it after this, but Jesus Christ, this is the most silly, fun bullshit I've ever seen. I had a ball watching this match. You had Maxine in the middle of this, graduating, so to speak. Oh, that was so much fun. The the big splash into the Viking ship, the table spots. This was just good old-fashioned fun, man. This was, if you're gonna do the silly Viking stuff, at least make it fun like this. At least go out there and give the audience what they want. I liked the shields there. I, I really just loved the way that this all played out. This played to the Viking Raiders' strengths. At one point, I considered them among the best tag teams in the world. Hey, they were a big reason I loved that Ring of Honor tag team division so much back when they were War Machine. There haven't been a lot of classics that I've seen them in since they've come to WWE. Now, we're talking about them being in WWE for how many years now? They've been around for a long time, bro. Like, this isn't like... I think since... Good God, they've been there for five years. They've been there for five years. I can't believe that. Now, they had... You know, the Alistair Black and, and Ricochet match was great, but that was NXT. War Games match was great. NXT. The, the Undisputed Era match, that's great. NXT. The best other... The other best match of theirs I can think of was the other Viking Rules match against New Day last year. Like, that... So, to me, it seems like there is a very clear formula. They had a, a good one against Drew and Sheamus. They had a couple good ones against Drew and Sheamus. And then the fatal four way this year at Mania was really fun. But it's very clear like on the main roster, their most memorable matches have been these Viking rules matches that are just really good. Maxine Dupree is like, without even talking, somebody that you want to like. Like, she's got this joy about her. And she wants to see Alpha Academy succeed. I I really like that. She is such a likable personality there. And as much as I liked Maximum Male Models and wish that they would still utilize them, I don't feel like that played to her strengths nearly as much as this. And I'm glad they called an audible, but you could have any number of people work with Maximum Male Models. Bring in Lana, like have her do something if AEW is not going to bring her in. Also, the Valhalla table spot was, was a blast. Rockhard Joel Wood says 50% is way too high for my liking for Vince's vision. Can't imagine Triple H is thrilled so that little of his vision is being uh played out on TV. That's just my 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 hunch. I don't I can't definitively put a number on that. I don't think that'd be fair, but you sent money, so I sent uh so I I sent some numbers your way. Elvis Austin says Sean, when are you going to show up on BTE? Like, will probably never. Uh, that would be a conflict. So, uh, a little, a little backstage news on that type of stuff. Like, if you see me working a, like a GCW spot, like I did at the Clusterfuck, or you see me working a Black Label Pro spot, they're not going to get coverage out of me for that type of thing. I'm not getting paid. It's going to be a charitable donation to somebody. But I wouldn't do anything like that as a performer on something that I actively cover. That's too much of a conflict for me. But I don't actively cover GCW, except rare instances I do. And uh, Black Label Pro, I'm only there to do interviews. So Shayna Baszler tapped out Nikki Cross immediately. Just immediately. Not much to say about that. They got to build up Shayna. I uh, wish it was at the expense of somebody besides Nikki. Wish Nikki had some more to do, but I'm not necessarily like up in arms about that because somebody's got to be there to do it. Uh, this promo from Rhonda. Good God, man. It was not good. It wasn't good. Her promos have never been good. I don't know if she's supposed to be a baby face here. I don't know. Um, And I get what she was saying. Her path to get where she was, was not easy. She worked her ass off to become an Olympian, become a UFC champion, and then come over into WWE. I get it, sure. But Shayna's, implying that Shayna's was easy is very, very, very weird. Like, and again, I don't know if this is supposed to be like a babyface promo, I legitimately don't know. Or if it's supposed to be a choose your own adventure type of thing. But Shayna Baszler was one of the pioneers of that MMA shit, man. Like she was fighting 20 years ago in South Dakota. She was facing some of the best in the world in 2006. And by the time she got to the UFC, she had been in the game for over a decade. Like she had done it all and had probably put a lot of miles on her body. And a lot of people don't realize the woman will be 43 years old next month because she doesn't look it. She doesn't wrestle like it. You can't tell. She hasn't been around in wrestling that long. But then she started at the bottom of pro wrestling. It wasn't like they immediately snatched her up and said, hey, come on to the performance center and and do that. Yeah, let's just... Let's just go ahead and have you. No. She was working the Indies. Before the, the May Young Classic, she was working the Indies for uh, over two years. She was, she was traveling the country. Tra- she worked in stardom for the love of God. So I don't know, man. This one wasn't for me. This was just, I, I like the match. I'm excited for the match. Very, very excited for the match. These promo, or this promo from Ronda, not good. Rock hard Joel Wood with the rumor on Carlito, Aldous, Pillman. Can we safely assume the hiring freeze is being close to being over? I don't like to just assume these things. No, I ain't assuming anything. I still don't have it officially that Carlito's back. I know that he canceled his stuff, his, his indie bookings. I I know some people say, Oh, yeah, he's supposed to debut at MSG. I have not heard that yet. I have not, my people have not told me that. Um, I hope he's back. But so far, and I'll I'll scream this till the cows come home. Anybody that claims there hasn't been a hiring freeze is completely full of shit. They hired 20 main roster names between the beginning of August in the beginning of December. Then they brought in Casey Navarro, Vincent Dutch and Kylie Ray, and didn't hire a single one of them. And there have been zero main roster signings since Vince McMahon wrote a letter in and said, I would like to be back in the fold in mid December. None. There are rumors that Aldous is maybe being courted as a producer. Well, that doesn't scream out talent higher to me. Brian Pillman had a tryout last week. That is true. A get-to-know-you meeting type of tryout. But he'd probably go to NXT, too. So, no. No, I don't think the hiring freeze is over. I'll believe it's over when there's a hire. When there's a hire that actually shows up on screen. Eric Young got hired before that. Chelsea Green got hired before that and didn't show up until going into it. I'll believe it when I see it. They passed up on Switchblade Jay White. Switchblade Jay White right now should be feuding with Cody at SummerSlam. It should be Switchblade Jay White versus Cody right now. If not him, Switchblade Jay White versus AJ Styles. Switchblade Jay White versus Finn Balor. Or Finn Balor and Switchblade Jay White versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. He should be a featured top-level player on wwe nope gorillas of destiny or any combination of those three brothers i know i know uh uh Loa is is hurt but should be in wwe shocked that they weren't which i mean Loa just came back this weekend so that, that's good news beat kenta good for him been a hiring freeze. What can I say? I'll tell you what I can say. Take care of your pubes. Got this product. It's called Manscaped. (sighs) Let's be real. Big nasty pubes are gross. You want that tree to stand taller. Sometimes you got to do a little bit of landscaping. Sometimes... You got to do a little bit of manscaping. With manscaped.com and that code FIFA, you're going to save 20% off your order and get free shipping. What a deal. And how about this? They've got a ton of deals on that site. They got a lot of bundles, a lot of packages to help out your package. But it's not just your package. It's your body. It's your hair. They got deodorant. They've got shampoo. They've got foot deodorant. They got ball toner. They got everything at manscaped.com. I and mean, when you use that code FIGHTFUL, get 20% off your order and free shipping. Just a plethora of different options. Maybe you want to try a little bit of everything. Maybe you just want to try one thing. Well, Manscaped and the code FIGHTFUL will get you there. Make that tree stand taller and trim it up a little bit with Manscaped. Manscaped.com, code FIGHTFUL. <clears throat> We got Ms. TV with Becky. (laughs) I really enjoyed Becky just being like, listen, you little twerp. I know the drill. I really liked the promo from Becky here. I haven't liked the program. This is another one of those feuds that just, they had it in their mind. Yeah, you know what? We need to stretch this. And I wonder how much... More, this would be like uh gone on too long. If Becky hadn't been out a couple times throughout this, she's like, "Go ahead, bring Trish out here." So Trish comes out there, and Trish goes, "Yeah, yeah, well, you know, I got some conditions. If you want to fight me, eh. you're gonna have to thank me. You're gonna have to get through Zoe. So there's another rematch to get to another rematch. I do like that Becky or that Tr- Trish was like." Hey, you have to get through Zoe because you didn't beat her. And that's true. She didn't beat her. But I mean, like, oh, what good does that win really do now? I mean, Becky's just going to beat her. But I mean, I'm sure that Becky probably probably said, hey, she should beat me. We should give her a little bit of build in this situation. KE775 says, since Trish mentioned she wanted a cage match, do you think that SummerSlam match is a cage match? Yeah, I do. I definitely do because I think that Trish and Becky have been incredibly heavy handed with their interviews of late. You had Trish saying, I would love to be a heel. You had Becky going, I'd like to win money in the bank. It'd mean a lot to me. And then when she didn't, it made her seem more dejected. So I think we could absolutely see a cage match. And I wish we would. I think it needs to be a cage match. KE 775. I absolutely do think it needs to be a cage match. But, uh, I, this segment was not for me. Outside of Becky and Miz's interactions very early on, and Miz is like, "I beat Champa. I beat Champa." Yeah, okay. He should be bragging about that too. That makes an awful lot of sense. But the, the, the Becky stuff—it makes sense that she's got to go through Zoe. Makes sense she should want to. She would want to rematch. It makes a lot of sense to me that it would be in a cage. Please do a cage match. Let them vary some stuff up. Trish's promo delivery tonight wasn't for me. Just wasn't for me. By and large, I really like her performances, though. Like I think that after as long as she's been off consistently to be on TV, and she adds a little bit of star value here, and it's a program outside of the title that is working with three very talented women. Big... Bronson Reed defeated Shinsuke Nakamura. So, there's some that I like about this. I, you know, DQ finishes, ah, seems like a lot of stuff has shenanigans these days. But, hey, whatever. Another rematch, of course. Shinsuke Nakamura does rematches nonstop all the time. Another one. But, Bronson Reed wins this match via DQ because Champa ran in and attacked Bronson Reed. Well, Chompa should be mad at Bronson Reed. Bronson Reed cost him his match last week. And Chompa don't really give a shit what Shinsuke Nakamura wants, right? Like, doesn't care. Oh, but Nakamura cares that Chompa screwed him out of a win. After this, Nakamura attacks Champa. And backstage, we, we get a microphone shoved in his face, and he's like, people need to stay out of my business. Nakamura is saying, let me surf. And for those of you who don't know the reference, my God, was I the biggest fan of Nakamura. I So when I worked for Wrestling Inc., I had to try to find a niche try to find a niche to cover so I could earn my $1.52 $2 an article when I worked there while somebody else was covering everything else. I had to find what other people weren't covering. And what other people weren't covering was New Japan Ring of Honor. So I really, really focused on that. And God Almighty, did Shinsuke Nakamura give me a reason to love covering New Japan? 2014, 2015 into early 2016 was just some of the most incredible work I've ever seen on that level. And then a lot of it stopped after the Zayn match. You did have the Balor match. You had a great Austin Aries match. But outside of that, you've had some multi-mans. You've had an AJ match here or there. Then the rest of them have been like, Okay. And when you point that out on Twitter and say, man, I wish he wrestled like he did, or I wish that there was this, you would have a lot of people that go, "This guy just just let this guy surf. Just let this guy surf and collect the bag. Just let this guy surf and, you know what? Guy can go surf. That's fine. But if he's on a wrestling show that I'm watching, I want to see some good wrestling. I want to see him do the type of stuff he did with AJ Styles in New Japan. I want to see the type of match that we saw him have with Kode Ibushi, Hiroshi Tanahashi, Okada, Tetsuya Naito, Tomohiro Ishii, Sakuraba. I'd settle for Sakuraba. Hiroki Goto had a banger with him. Had slappers with Yuji Nagata and Davey Boy Smith Jr. And Andrade. He had like, 15 of them with Tanahashi. Now I realize not everybody on the roster is Tanahashi, but like, listen, I'm done with the let him surf thing. Done with the let him surf thing. I want to see some Nakamura slappers. And right now is the opportunity to press the reset button on Nakamura. They have had him for seven years. And we, outside of the Zayn match, we haven't had that classic. We haven't had that all-timer of a match on the WWE main roster out of Shinsuke Nakamura. And I want to see one day. Call me selfish. I don't give a shit. He can go surf after he has a slapper. I really want to see it. I love the last man standing match at Money in the Bank 2018, it was a great match. He's been involved in some really good multi-man matches, but Jesus, I want to see a really, really great main roster Shinsuke Nakamura match. And if you don't, that's great. But I do. (sighs) Here's the hoping, right? Jordan says, any update on Gargano? Last week looked like the buildup for a DIY reunion, but this week changed all of that in my opinion, with him just going after Reed. It did seem like they retconned some of that, right? Like last week was very, very heavy handed. And we reported last Monday, contrary to what anybody else is saying, Johnny Gargano is good to go. He was backstage at Cleveland. He was ready to go. He was supposed to be on the show. Then stuff just changed. But I certainly thought so. I'll ask around for sure. FightfulSelect.com will have, uh, have some updates on that, I'm sure. Ricochet interview. I don't know if they should be building Logan Paul versus Ricochet via promos. I'm glad that he's getting the reps, but I would love to see Ricochet being booked against somebody else. I would like to see Ricochet have a squash match that is like three or four minutes where you see some of the incredible stuff that he can do and you're like oh yeah that's why we want him to face logan paul because he can do things that that nobody else can do guys get in your super chats get in your humper chats we got the judgment day promo backstage good stuff i mean they're they are the glue of this entire show. They are so much of what you, what I look forward to on this program with the Dominic heat. It wasn't backstage, by the way. It was in the ring. Uh, so, like, the heat that Dominic gets, the in-ring of Damian Priest, just the complete aura of Rhea Ripley, and then what Finn Balor brings to the table, which is an awful lot of legitimacy as a former Universal Champion and a guy who's been performing at the top of the card. What a what a great stable, what a great stable, man. So in this match, Rhea gets attacked by Liv Morgan as she gets involved. K seven seven five says, is it Liv versus Rhea or Raquel versus Rhea at Summerslam? I believe it is uh, Raquel versus Rhea, but I actually would kind of like Liv versus Raquel versus Rhea, but I understand. The irresistible force versus the immovable object of the women's divisions is something that would have a very good visual inside forward Field. And because Rhea Ripley is so over, it will be over. Any news on Jordan Devlin? Yeah, um, listen, I was able to find this picture of him outside the arena. Got a nice uh, look at him for you guys there. That's a Fightful Select exclusive that I'm just giving to you guys for free. Dream Ninja says, Ria is freaking special. Just badass personified. Somewhere uh, Denise is watching this show. (laughs) Dying laughing. Uh, (laughs) Seth the new spear arena (laughs) from... Oh uh, god, did y'all see where like there's a a golf course you gotta pay like six hundred dollars and it is overlooked by the giant eyeball of the sphere? Oh uh, Jesus Christ, guys. Get in your super chats. Get in your humper chats. We would greatly appreciate it. Uh <laughs> main event. What a freaking slapper, Kevin Owens. Sami Zayn defeated Dominic uh, Mysterio and Damian Priest. Like, there aren't particular spots in this match that I look at and I go, damn, incredible, wow. It's just, Jesus Christ, they have made tag team wrestling hot again. And you're talking about a few days after there was an hour-long match with The Revival, FTR, and CJ Parker, now known as Juice Robinson, and Switchblade Jay White guys that were getting their back shaved on TV, guys who were carrying around the, the 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 signs on NXT TV out there having all-time classics. Then what do they do a couple nights later? They take Punishment Martinez for ROH, a guy who, who could not get a look for a long time, and Dominic Mysterio against Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, two guys who a lot of detractors for a lot of years said, eh, eh. Not not for me. And they have an absolute slapper of a tag team title main event. So this is what I love. If you're going to have a slapper like this, put the damn titles on the line. Make it mean something more. And they did that. These guys were incredible. Dominic Mysterio is progressing. Dominic Mysterio is delivering. He understands the assignment. He understands what he is supposed to do and why why he's supposed to do it. Damian Priest has gotten so much credit as, as glue on this show from people backstage, and I'm very happy to see it. I'll tell you something else I'm happy to see. A lot of these guys working together, so Fightful Select did follow up on PW Insider's report about uh, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Dominic Mysterio, Damian Priest, uh, Seth Rollins, Finn Balor having a bit of a disagreement after their match last week, I'm told it was largely over, overblown. Kevin Owens wasn't even there. He got the hell out, had to visit friends or family or something because he was close to home. Um, I'm told Sami Zayn was kind of vocal about it, but it was largely just expressing frustrations about what changed shortly before the match and just guys guys being guys talking about it, moving on. Nowhere near physical. Glad to see that too because these are some of the top performers. You want to talk about some all-time great decisions. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn's decisions to re-sign with WWE. First off, they got a truckload of money, to my understanding, as they should. Sami Zayn, involved in history, main evented Montreal Elimination Chamber, whether he won or lost, incredible moment, was the focal point of the Royal Rumble main event, even though He didn't wrestle. Then he main evented WrestleMania as the first man of his descent to do that. History. And in the first ever tag team title main event in WrestleMania history. Kevin Owens main evented two straight WrestleManias, including ending the record-setting reign of the Usos and then... Before that, bringing stone-cold Steve Austin out of retirement. Now, listen, I think they would have been phenomenal in AEW, but all-time great decisions uh, in them resigning, signing And uh, likely a big reason why so many asses are in seats right now for Raw and SmackDown because of the incredible work that they've done. We are wrapping up, guys. Get in those super chats. Get in those humper chats. Please leave a thumbs up. I would normally have an interview to plug this week and we, we will absolutely have one but I'm going to wait to see what we get on uh, by the way of uh the red carpet interviews in Atlanta. I'm I'm stoked. Like I'm uh I've never been to Atlanta. I am not excited to be in a suit in 95 degree weather with humidity though. Denise is going to have to show me how to do some uh red carpet stuff too cuz I've I've never done a red carpet either. Bizarro Big L said, Eric Young said something like, if you can't find 10 minutes a week for me, then there is something wrong. Much respect. Raiders versus AA match was good, but I never need to hear. It's Viking rules. No rules ever again. I'd rather listen to Dom get booed. Well, Dom getting booed is very fun for me. It's a fun part of the show. It's a it's part of the experience. I'm with you on the Viking rules. So, from what I understand. And this is what I have heard via WWE sources. Eric Young might come out and say, ah, that's not exactly true. That's not exactly right. But I do know it was because of moral conflicts with Vince McMahon as well. But to the best of my understanding, there was creative pitched in like January and set that would have seen him as a member of the Wyatt family after WrestleMania. Full story on fightfulselect.com, best $5 in the business. But right after that, about a month later, Bray gets sick. A couple weeks later, Alexa tells WWE she's pregnant. By the way, anybody who has put out there since mid-March that Alexa was supposed to come back or there were plans for her to come back, they ain't worth their weight in what they're putting out there because she let them know in March. So that was dead in the water. and. Eric Young knew it was dead in the water from what I understand. And after the Endeavor deal, when Vince McMahon became a front-facing part of WWE again, he asked for his release. And when they asked why, he cited moral obligations or moral conflicts, moral conflicts rather, and uh, creative dissatisfaction with, with Vince McMahon. Didn't have any confidence in Vince McMahon from a creative aspect in booking him. Now, from what I understand, Triple H and Eric Young always maintained a very, very good relationship. And there there weren't plans for him to be a producer, like a lot of people said. I mean, maybe plans down the line, but he was back as a talent. And uh, from what I understand, they granted his release. He served out a 90-day non-compete, which was up this past week. So... Uh, he had asked for his release after the Endeavor and WWE deal was reached and Vince McMahon was brought back officially. And it was granted within a week or two after that or around that. And uh, his 90 days are up. Now, I don't know like how a lot of these go now because we haven't heard Roderick Strong talk about his release. We haven't heard a lot of people talk about their their expiring deals. I don't know if there are like NDAs or gag orders or anything like that signed. Back in 2016, WWE was having those signed. So I don't know how that works now because how things have changed over the last few years, when the COVID releases happened, they would send out like company-wide emails and and notifications to, to talent via the talent app. And that stopped over the last couple of years then it would hit a situation where basically if I found out that somebody had been released, I think they would send out an internal email to people and then I could get them confirmed. Then it got to be, they didn't send out internal emails. They didn't notify anybody. There are people that work for the website that aren't told that, that these releases have happened. And even if I ask or last year, at least if I asked, they would say, yep, that is true. But now it's a situation where it just it gets completely no-sold. So it's hard to get a WWE confirmation of that, but from on an official capacity at least. Rock Hard, Joel Woods says, do you know if those changes before the main event last week were Vince related? I do not, but I'm going to try to find out. Uh, he does make a lot of changes, though. He makes a ton of changes. Well, guys... We're going to see some changes here at FIFO. When we hit that uh, 100,000 mark, we're going to have a little bit of a different visual. Of course, we've always got interviews. If you guys haven't checked out the Wrestling Perspective, uh, Lars Fredrickson is back. Ace Steel has been co-hosting. Yes, that Ace Steel. That Ace Steel. Last week, they had Chris Hero on. The week before, they had Kylie Ray. They've had Jody Threat. They've had Smash of Demolition. All kinds of good stuff. You got Grapsity every Saturday. You've got the Spotlight. You've got my show. List in your boy in just three weeks. It'll be actually a couple weeks. August 2nd, we have our 300th show. Tons of cool stuff for you guys. Thank you guys so much. Please leave a thumbs up on this video. I would greatly appreciate it. Big thank you to our moderator, Luis, for uh, helping... Keep this all in order. Doing an hour by myself. I I don't do that a ton. But Denise will be back next week. I'll be seeing her tomorrow. Until next time, guys. We're out. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point.